Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trickeration. Welcome to Trickeration, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, hey, welcome back to Trickeration, your number one spot for stories about deception in sports, pranks, hoaxes, schemes, scams, delicious acts of on and off the field cheating and chicanery. We are here for all of it. Thanks for listening. People are still buzzing about last week's chat with Michael Jordan. If you didn't hear it, make sure to go back in the archives and check it out. And this week, we have an interview with the MJ of MLB Mischief, a true virtuoso of tweaking baseball players and a guy whose job it is to get under Bryce Harper's skin. Enjoy the show. So it's funny how people think that I'm the one who came up with the whole idea of poking fun at the other players. I'm just given a specific role and a specific job. And I try to make it where people would know that I'm there without being in your face about it. And I think, um, I think I've been pretty good at that. Matthew Kaminsky was living in Atlanta, working as a local jazz artist and teaching music on the side. And all of a sudden he found himself performing almost every night in front of 40,000 rabid sports fans hanging on his every note. Here's how it happened. The one that I'm known for was Camptown Races. So Lucas Duda played for the Mets. And there was one game, there's a rain delay in that game. Um, I just started playing. And then I started hearing these drunk fans actually singing. So usually what I would do is this. But I heard the fans singing, so I dropped out. I went like this. And then you'd hear the duda, duda, and I got the whole crowd singing along with me. And to me, that was the greatest because of that fan interaction. So first off, how did you get the job as the Atlanta Braves organ player? I'm a jazz musician, so I teach organ, piano, and accordion lessons. And one of my adult organ students just happened to know the guy who is the audio engineer with the Braves. So right after that lesson, he called his friend who called his boss. And maybe within an hour after that lesson, I got an interview with the Braves. Were they looking to go a conventional route with their organ player or they had designs on making the position a little more interesting and different than the way it had traditionally been done? 
they were um, specifically looking for that interaction. So they wanted someone who could come up with songs that would make that game within a game. So the example that my boss gave me was if David Ortiz went up to bat, you know, his nickname is Big Poppy. And he said, well, you could play Popeye. And he said, you know, that would get fans thinking, oh, wow, he's playing Popeye for Big Poppy. So when your boss was telling you this example with Big Poppy, was he also mentioning like, oh, this will also be an opportunity to sort of get in Poppy's head? Or this is purely like a, a little game that we're going to play where the fans have this aha moment? I think it was more for entertainment value. I don't think that anything I play really gets into the batter's heads. You know, I don't even know if they actually pay attention to it. Is there an understanding that you have become the most prolific and well-known of the organ players for sort of stepping out of the conventional way this job is done? So it's funny how people think that I'm the one who came up with the whole idea of poking fun at the other players. It started way before me with Nancy Faust and the White Sox back in the late 70s, 80s. What was Faust doing? I don't know anything about that. I believe she started the na-na-na-na, hey-hey-hey, goodbye. And she would also play songs that would poke fun at the player. Now, I'm not 100% sure if she was playing actual walk-up songs, and that may be something that's kind of unique to what I do. But I've heard from other organists, like, I forget what her name is, up in Minnesota, where she just plays charges and kind of the hand-clapping, what I call crowd prompts. To get Can the- you give me an example of that? Or if you want to play... So I believe some of the organists only do kind of those crowd interaction songs to get people to clap, but there's other creative things that they do. So say if someone, um, oh, if someone gets hurt, then they may play a song like the MASH theme song, or if someone gets something in their contacts or in their eyes, I might play... Or if um, a lot of times in baseball, the batter's bat will slip out of their hands. So I might play. Now, there can be someone behind a computer searching for those MP3s to play those songs. But I think when it's played on an organ, those songs could be more cheeky and more fun. Whereas if it's the actual recording of the song, it's sometimes a little bit too literal. Paul Simon singing Slip Sliding Away would, would make people get it right away. But if I played it, it might take them a couple of seconds and there might be more of a comedic uh, factor that way. I see, I see. And do any teams have just pre-recorded crowd prompts or every team has an organ player? Because it sounds like you could just hit a button and outsource this to a computer, but I'm glad that they don't. Well, um, half the teams don't have an organist. Ah. So half the teams use MP3s, and I know that I'm easily replaced with a computer. (laughs) 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 But... Can a computer come up with a walk-up song within a moment's notice? For games in Atlanta, the home team hitters walk up to the plate while the radio edit of their favorite song plays throughout the stadium. The visiting hitters, however, are not afforded the same courtesy. Since the 2008 season, 
opposing batters stride from the on-deck circle to the batter's box, accompanied by whatever sound Kaminsky cooks up on the ballpark organ. So when it was dropped into my lap, you know, 12 years ago, I just wanted it to be something that I could kind of bring my personality into the game for. So actually learning the songs was never an issue, but coming up with the songs and trying to stay current is always the issue for me because I don't really listen to current radio. You know, I, I'm a jazz musician, so I listen to a lot of songs from the 50s and 60s, and I love classic rock, so I love the Beach Boys and Beatles. But when it comes to music after, say, 2000, then I go to Twitter and I ask people, you know, what can I play? And once I started my Twitter page, it really caught on where fans would help me out pretty much with the whole lineup. These days, I don't even really have to come up with any because the fans will give me tons of suggestions before each series. And do you have to come up with four or five or six songs or you just repeat the same song for a guy throughout the whole game or series? Usually I come up with at least two or three. And for a first game of a series, I want to get at least two for each batter. Um, but sometimes uh, there's five or six. Sometimes I just switch it up each time because they're so good. So you guys just played the Blue Jays. So tell me a little bit about how you would handle the Blue Jays lineup. What about a guy like Vlad Guerrero or a Bo Bichette? Or sure, Vlad Guerrero. I was thinking Vladimir, meaning Russian-sounding name. So I, I came up with this one. Back in the USSR. So um, there's that. And then people started thinking Vladimir Dracula. I guess Vladimir is Dracula's name. And even though there's not really a Dracula song that I could come up with, <laughs> seemed kind of Dracula enough. Yes, definitely. Transylvanian. Transylvania, yeah, kind of that sound. Let me throw a couple other of the less well-known players at the Blue Jays. Brandon Drury. I came up with... And what's the connection to Brandon Drury? The Muffin Man lives on Drury Lane. <laughs> Any Blue Jays songs that you play that you remember as being, oh, like, that's pretty good. I really like that. I'm looking forward to, to doing that when that guy walks up. So my favorite one was for um, Rowdy... What was his last name? Rowdy Tellez. Yeah, Rowdy Tellez. So there's a um, show with Clint Eastwood where his character was Rowdy Yates. I don't know if the <laughs> show was called Rawhide. Okay. But um, but Rawhide was the song associated with that show. So I played Rawhide for Rowdy Tellez. So for so, me, it's the more nerdy ones or the more, the more um, appealing to me because I may be one of the few that actually gets it. All right, time for a short break. On the other side, Kaminsky talks about the walk-up song he didn't anticipate would cause such a stir. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. After 12 years behind the organ, Kaminsky has a good sense of where the line is and what's pushing it. One walk-up song that Kaminsky may have thought was subtle was the one he played for Blue Jays catcher Reese McGuire. In the offseason, McGuire had been arrested for, how do we say this, uh, fiddling with his Louisville slugger while in a parked car. The sports blogosphere immediately picked up on the song Kaminsky played. Well, that I didn't. I didn't think that would catch on like it did. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a lot of songs that could have gone with, but I thought that a certain Michael Jackson song might fit that occasion. <laughs> Let me just play it for you. So that's one where maybe the lyrics, like if they played the MP3 with the lyrics, maybe that one would have been worse. So it just happened in that situation, it fit pretty well. When it creates a lot of commotion on Twitter, then I start second guessing myself, thinking that maybe maybe I went a little bit too far with that one. As I'm sure you know, a lot of people use the word troll, not to describe you, but what you do as an organ player. When you see that word, is that a badge of honor or you sort of cringe and go, that's not really what I'm doing? It makes me cringe. To me, it's, it's more of a negative connotation, which I'm trying to provide entertainment and bring smiles to people's faces. And I don't want, I don't want it to be really mean-spirited. So what are the words that you prefer to describe what you're doing? Musical puns. Mm. <laughs> Comedy. Have that slight ribbing. Are you okay with that? Or that's yeah, still ribbing negative? Is fine. Yeah, okay. ribbing is fine. Some other ones that you've done in the past that people really love I'm going to throw you some names and you tell me what you did with these names. Red's first baseman, Joey Votto. Joey, Mr. Roboto? This, it goes. Mm-hmm. 
if I was a player, I would be so happy if I was hearing my name turned into a fun song. But again, I, I don't think Joey Votto appreciates Mr. Roboto. Uh, how about Ryan Howard when he was playing for the Phillies? So that's the office theme. And there's Ryan, the intern, mm -hmm. who was named after Ryan Howard, the baseball player. And um, Juan Soto, is he, is, what have you do for Soto or Starlin Castro? What, what have you thought for those two guys? Juan Soto sounds like Han Solo. <laughs> so um, the Darth Vader uh, Imperial March theme definitely works for that. Yep. And who was the other player again? Starlin Castro. Oh, uh, Starlin. I, I, there's a whole bunch of star songs. So Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. There's a Star Wars, Star Trek. Castro, I could always go with a Cuban song for Castro. Havana Unana. Let me just say that this has been a earworm in my head, this concept, since I was a little kid. I remember watching Mo Vaughn, the Red Sox first baseman, coming up. And as like an 11-year-old, I was singing Rolling Stones, You Better Move On, as Mo Vaughn came up. <laughs> And then every time Cespedes has come up my entire life, I've sang Exodus by Bob Marley, replacing it with Cespedes. You know, and I didn't think about that for Cespedes. Feel free to use it next year. <laughs> <laughs> with a guy like Bryce Harper, who you've seen a million times, I'm sure. What, what's your approach for Harper? Well, there's um, always the go-to song, Harper Valley PTA, which is an old <laughs> song from the uh, maybe the early 60s. No, maybe the late 60s. So... A lot of the, uh, I guess, the older fans like that one. Yeah, I, I'm assuming then, Bryce is not, not picking up on that. Yeah, probably not. And then in the past, um, he's always rumored to be traded somewhere. Ah. So um, there was a while back, uh, a couple of years ago, where he was rumored to be going to the Cubs. So I'd play the Go Cubs Go song for him. And where do you stand on playing Santana for Carlos Santana? What I usually do when there's someone with a name like that that's too easy... I'll try to look for more of an obscure Carlos Santana song. The go-tos are going to be Oye Como Va. Or um, Black Magic Woman. But then I, I find it more interesting to go for the more obscure songs in his catalog. Yeah, the deeper cuts. I think that's part of what people appreciate. And what have been some of the ones that have been personal favorites of yours that maybe the fans didn't love, but you were really proud of yourself and being like, I think that's a great one. When I first started, there's a guy named Michael Morse who used to play um, for the Nationals a while. But um, I figured out the Morse code for the word out. I love that. What are there some other things like that that you totally thought outside the box? I would play um, Jesus is Just All Right for Jason Worth. Because he, he looks like, just like Jesus, yeah. When he went up to the plate, he told Brian McCann that I can't believe they're playing that song for me. There's some obscure ones that the jazz guys like. So um, for Ian Desmond, I would play this song. You know what that song is? Is that Dave Brubeck? Yeah, it's called Take Five by Dave Brubeck. But Paul Desmond, the saxophone player, actually wrote the song. So you'd have to kind of have that deeper knowledge. So actually, I enjoy it whenever I could fit in some Miles Davis or Dizzy Gillespie. 
And then what would be the impetus for some Miles Davis? Are you playing like cuts off bitches brew or are you play, you know, <laughs> actually the last series had a Davis. So usually I play a song called So What? And then sometimes there are certain names where I have my go-to songs for. So anytime there's a Michael, I'll do Michael Row the Boat Ashore. Whenever there's an Andy, I might play this. Yeah, so I don't think a lot of MLB players are getting Andy Griffith references, but a lot a lot of the fans, I assume, you know, the over 60 set, I'm sure they love it. So it's nice that you're including sort of that forgotten demo. A lot of times the older fans would come up to me and congratulate me or tell me they, they liked a particular song that I got absolutely no feedback on Twitter from. So I try to keep in the back of my mind that not the whole public is on social media. And I try to make it, you know, make the joke for everyone. On Twitter, at Braves Organist has developed a cult following of 20,000 people, a combination of Braves fans and musical comedy and pun enthusiasts. But I first became aware of him in 2018 when he made headlines for the walk-up song he played for national second baseman Daniel Murphy, who had recently made comments criticizing the lifestyle of an openly gay former player. I think I played this one. for. Actually, let's see if you know this song. If you listen to the lyrics, it's about a transgender. So it kind of has that subject matter in there. And then what the world needs now is love. And then uh, Born This Way by Lady Gaga, which all had the same kind of connotation to it. A lot of people on Twitter defend, not just defend, but commend you because the general consensus is baseball is supposed to be fun. And this is making it more fun. I think it's really thrilling, especially if I hear feedback that I have played a song for a specific fan and it makes their whole year or their whole day and, and they tell their friends and I like that I add to that experience. And have you had any interactions with the Braves players around your organ playing that have stuck with you over the years? Only one player has requested to talk to me. That was Jerry Blevins. He says that in the bullpen, they have a speaker there, and he says that him and the bullpen guys are always laughing at what I'm playing. There's one example. So Francisco Cervelli was, was a catcher on the Braves last year, and his walk-up song that he chooses is that Samore. And when we played the Marlins in an exhibition game before this current season, I played that Samore for him, and he actually stuck his bat out and motioned to the press box, kind of thanking me. And that was the only time in 12 years that a player has done something to acknowledge what I've played for them. It's so refreshing to see someone having fun with something when you could easily go a more conventional route that people would enjoy less. You know, it. Um, it brings me a great amount of pleasure knowing that I make people happy. Especially now with this season, there are a lot of more people at home listening to the games. 
So in previous seasons, I was playing more for fans in the stadium. But this particular season, I'm playing for the broadcast. And I've been told, which really makes me feel good, that I'm bringing a sense of normalcy to people's lives. By me playing these songs and making, you know, making some comedy out of it and, you know, playing some unconventional stuff really adds to their entertainment when they're sitting at home or stuck at home. So I think um, it's really cool that I could put smiles on people's faces. And that's hopefully what I'm doing. All right, that is it for today. A big thank you to Matthew Kaminsky for indulging us with his story and the method behind his one-of-a-kind job. And kudos to the Braves for letting him do his thing. It's a really cool tradition that we hope continues for many years to come. If you want to book Matthew Kaminsky for really anything that needs an organ, go to MatthewKaminsky.com. That's Kaminsky with two eyes. And thanks again to everyone for sending in episode ideas on Twitter and Instagram at Trickeration. We are leaving no stone unturned in our quest to bring you all these kinds of stories. And the last thing, as always, if you're liking what you're hearing, please rate and review. It's super easy. And if you're not liking the show, no need to rate and review. I believe they're now requiring three-factor authentication. So your call, I guess. And as always, we check in with the legend, Chris Mad Dog Russo. Chris, how'd we do this week? Maddie, good job. Keep up the good work, pal. Thanks, Chris. That is it for the show. See you guys next week. Trickeration is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.